It is Thursday night. It's November 16th, 2023. A brand new episode of the Boiler Breakdown podcast streaming live on the Boiler Breakdown YouTube channel on our X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it page and our Facebook page. So hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button, hit that notification bell. If you're on YouTube, do all of those. If you haven't already at Boiler Break Pod on all social media platforms, Tanner Lee here with my co-host, Andrew Eiler. Our other co-host, Evan Webb is uh, on a vacation for the next two weeks and we are both very jealous, but uh, how are we doing tonight, Andrew? I'm doing well. I wish I was in Italy like Evan, but uh, doing all right. Yeah, yeah. I would go for some uh, authentic Italian pasta and pizza. That sounds pretty good right now. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I'm I'm, dis- I'm I'm disappointed he's not joining us tonight. So I I mean I think he was going to tune into the IU basketball game, so I, I kind of wouldn't be surprised if he starts commenting. I don't know what time it is there. I forgot. I think there is six hour difference. I think. I think okay. they're six hours ahead. So it'd be one, one thirty nine. I guess. Oh, we're just getting started. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure his sleep pattern has not adjusted yet. So. I don't know. But, be close. He's been over there all they went Saturday or Sunday. He's been over there several days. That's right? true. That's He's true. Adjusted now. That's true. So. But either way, uh, we are happy to be here. We're happy to talk about two Purdue wins tonight. Big football win, snapping a losing streak that felt like forever. Uh, over the Golden Gophers, putting up some points. 49-30 to 30 was the final score. I don't think anybody saw this offense performance coming on Saturday. No, the offense, I don't, I mean, the offensive line, which has been in shambles, looks kind of like a strength on Saturday. They, 300, 353 rushing yards and two guys over 100 yards and yeah, they Minnesota. They uh yeah they battled their tails off for like you said offensive line shambles when you your backup tackles were playing in NAIA, which there's nothing wrong with that football last year but now they're playing Big Ten football it's a little of adjustment, oh. uh, but no I thought the line played good uh, Hudson Card. I mean, his final numbers were 17 for 25 for three touchdowns through the air. He also had one on the ground, eight carries for 44 yards. So a total of four touchdowns. I think that's the Hudson card we were all hoping we were getting from Texas. Yeah. No, he was – I think right away he had a couple of runs where he tucked it and got like 12 yards right away. And I was like, oh, that was different. Yep. Yep. But then just opened everything up from there. I mean, that first drive – well, first of all, it started – I don't know if the game could have started off worse. Minnesota scored in like four plays. Yeah, four plays, and it's like, oh, here we go. Uh, didn't yeah. see this coming, and and, it, and what was what was maddening about that is Minnesota is usually a pretty good run offense that can't pass, and they just pass, pass, pass right down the wide, field, it's like, wide oh, open. Yeah. It's like here, here we go. There was miscommunication all over the place, but Purdue answered, and then Purdue just kept answering seven different times, seven touchdown drives, no field goals. 49 points. Like you yeah. said, two two rushers over 100 yards. You had Mockaby with 17 carries, 150 yards, 53 yards, one touchdown. He had nine yards, uh, nine yard average per carry. Tyron Tracy, 15 carries, 122 yards, two touchdowns with an 8.1 yard per carry. And even Dylan Downing, he didn't get in the yeah. end zone, but he had four carries for 34 yards for eight and a half yards per carry. Yeah. So when you're getting those numbers, uh, usually means good things are, are in store for you. I mean, when you score seven touchdowns, it's kind of the best case. I didn't I, I didn't really think about it, because the Purdue defense didn't force a 
There wasn't any. There wasn't any turnover by either team, right? Um, so. Correct. Minnesota went for it on fourth down one time. And okay. Didn't get it. So Purdue, I'm just looking at their seven touchdowns. Every single drive was 75 yards or longer. Oh, 74. Sorry, 65. Never mind. I don't recall 70, the last time that's happened. 75-yard touchdown. 75-yard touchdown drive. 75. 79, 74, 65, 95 yards. Touchdown drive. Just dominated. Yeah, dominated. Just defense, they could do whatever they wanted, which was, again, yeah, like you said, the Hudson card, the Graham Harrell offense that everybody's kind of hoping. It was creative. It was fun to watch. It had some motion. Um, It was quick. They were, there was a lot of side to side and they were get up and go. And yeah. It's just kind of my only thing is why did it take this long? To, yeah, uh, as, come out. as the offensive line has probably gotten worse. I'm assuming the offensive line on Saturday was worse than it was eight weeks ago. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, just from a depth standpoint, yeah. uh, when you're down to your second string or even third string, some positions, um, it's, it's definitely going to get worse. They did say, I think, I don't know, I heard read that Walter said that this was the first, this is the most healthy Cards been since Illinois, which I guess kind of makes sense. That was the last good game for yeah, he, overall. He did take a shot the other day in the ribs and had to uh, go to the blue tent, which was yeah. kind of worrisome, but he well, that, ended up being all right. That was in the first half, wasn't it? Like right before halftime? Yeah. I think. And yeah. Garrett Miller took a bunch of hits. Gosh. Yeah, he scares me every time he takes a big hit. Yeah. Um, His touchdown, he got. That was a touchdown, didn't he? Yeah, he got it. He had he was the Purdue's uh, leading uh, pass catcher in, in receptions yeah. and yards, six receptions, yeah. sixty-five yards, and a touchdown. So nice to yeah. see him finally coming on, and and hopefully he's a guy who comes back for a sixth year. It, it sure sounds like he uh, there's a pretty good chance he's going to. So good. I didn't think about that. I know. I guess coming into the year there was talk of the NFL. I don't think he's had quite that season because he hasn't been healthy until right healthier and. Healthier each week, but and I think that's why it's it's kind of it was kind of unfair of me and and really all of us. I think we had high expectations for him coming into the year because we heard about NFL scouts were constantly asking about him, asking about him. But just the fact that he sat out the first two weeks just showed you his knee wasn't quite ready. Yeah. Um, and it's just now taking him a while to get get back into the groove. So, yeah. but Burks, Dion Burks had four receptions for sixty yards and a touchdown, a wide open touchdown. Um. Uh, but for some reason, those always make me more nervous as a fan than contested crushes because they're just so wide open. I don't know. I just feel like they could easily Wait, jump. Is wide open? I thought he had the – who had the diving and the catch in the end zone? Or was it just short? That was uh, – well, TJ had the great – That's what it was, TJ. In the corner, yeah. yeah. Which that was his only reception. One reception, 24 yeah. yards, and a touchdown. I thought it was Burks. And then Tracy, one reception for 52 yards, but it was a beautiful go route out of the backfield. Yep. Then Andrew Sawinski, who we saw him get a lot of time last year under Jeff Brom, not so much this year, but uh-huh. uh, he uh, he played well when his number was called, three receptions for 29 yards, and then Jaden Dixon-Veal, uh, two receptions for 21 yards. He's kind of taking Abdul-Rot Yassin's uh, um, time there because I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to be back probably. He's been hurt, right? Yes, yes. Uh, now defense, uh, no surprise here, Dil- Dylan Thieneman. Leading tackler, five tackles, four assisted. He was the uh, Big Ten freshman of the week for a fourth time, which is a record for a defensive player. Mm-hmm. Um, also ties David Bell and Rondell Moore for the most times in Purdue history. And those two went on to win 
freshman of the year, so I think he's got a pretty good chance. Uh, Kajan Jenkins, five tackles. Nick Scorton, uh, three tackles and a sack. Snoozy Kane, three tackles. Cam Allen, three tackles. Stevens in Washington, two. Yanni Karloff is two. Um, just a whole bunch of guys flying around the field the other day. Um, so even though Purdue only, only got home yeah. to the quarterback one time, I thought they hurried him quite often. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the defense? I mean, obviously that first drive was pretty mm. um, concerning. And then they – it seemed like Minnesota had a lot more big plays, but it was more of like, – it was more of just if they could get them, honestly, to run the – like, I don't know. If Minnesota had an incompletion or like a one-yard run on first down, they were fine. I, I don't know. It seemed like it was either Minnesota was getting two yards or they were getting 40. Right. Uh, looking at their um, quarterback stats, he was 18 for 42 for 292 yards, mm-hmm. three touchdowns, no interceptions. So pretty interesting stat line there. And I, I realized some of the attempts were in garbage time. Um, but I thought the defense played pretty well in the second half. First half, not so much. Uh, I was really disappointed right before half. I thought thought their yeah. touchdown deflated all of Purdue's momentum, but I was yeah. glad to be, uh, be uh, okay. proven wrong. Well, in the third quarter, both defenses – it started off what Purdue scored in the first drive, and then both teams punted for like four or five consecutive, which there wasn't, I don't know, there was like one punt in the first half. Right. Um, so it was just both defenses were kind of struggling. Both offenses were kind of rolling. I, I would Purdue say was, the, Purdue was scoring touchdowns, and Minnesota was, and Purdue was kind of bending and then holding them in the red zone or holding the field goals. The worst thing uh, I thought of the three assets of football for Purdue was their their kickoff. Three, the other day. three out of bounds. Three out of bounds. Two by um, I think. Uh, well, Freehill ended up replacing, yeah. and he kicked one out of bounds. And he kicked one out of bounds, but Brock, the uh, Brockover. Yes, Brockover, yeah. Uh, who his job is just to kick off. He kicked two yeah. out of bounds, which I guess the strategy was to kick it short into the corner. So he was trying to do that, but he was just kind of hooking. I mean, it looked like a snap hook in golf. That's what it looked like. Strategy? Why not just like if you've already hit a couple out and like give them the ball in thirty-five when they're not really moving it that well? Yeah, I didn't understand that either. Do a touchback and move on. I didn't understand either. Just kick a touchback, have them at twenty-five instead. You're kicking it out of bounds now. They're at thirty-five. So I didn't understand that strategy. I think it was Jason Garrett on the TV. It was like I've never seen three out of bounds in a game. No, no, it's. I mean, I, and I I don't like getting on players too much, but after that second one went out of bounds, I was calling for him to get some bench time just to get his head back into the game because you could always obviously tell he just mentally wasn't there. So, yeah. so hopefully, hopefully, I I presume it's probably been open. Uh, spot's been open in practice this week for competition. Hopefully, he's done well enough to get it back, and we'll see him we'll see him kick off at uh, Northwestern this weekend. But I do yeah. not know. That's just speculation on my part. So yeah. Any more thoughts on the, on the on the Minnesota game besides I mean, just that it was a, a joy to watch? Well, only only one more thought. I was like, honestly, he probably hasn't had a whole lot of kickoff opportunities. I mean, Purdue hasn't scored that's true that much in the last that's true five weeks. Uh, it's very true. Uh, it's always nice to be PJ Fleck. I'm always. Like, I'm, it's very. I think it's it's nice that his shtick appears to have kind of worn out because I don't see him all over the place anymore. Like he was his first few years, it felt like at Minnesota, but 
I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I was just in a better mood because Purdue was winning pretty much the whole game, and I didn't. I wasn't bothered by PJ normally as I am watching Minnesota. Oh, he was still his typical yeah. self, right up front, sprinting after the quarters were over. Uh, but I think you're right. I think his stick. Well, let me put it this way: I think he's already hit a ceiling at Minnesota, and like. I don't know if you would have told me back in 2017 that he was going to be at Minnesota longer than Jeff Brown was going to be at Purdue, I would have said you're crazy. So I thought there was no way because I thought as soon as PJ had some success, he was hopping to the next yeah. job. Instead, he signed a long contract extension, and he hasn't had that same he, success since, since yeah. he signed that. He, so, if he was going to leave, he should have left, but also, yeah. yeah. Uh, Caleb Gerald here on Facebook said, Goldie the Gopher nearly got booted was climbing on the golf court when it was trying to go pick up Downing in fourth quarter. I did not see that or hear about that. Mm. So that's interesting. Wow. So he's a, he's always an interesting mascot to come to come to Ross aid. Um, I don't know why he's a little more animated. It seems like than other mascots, but, but no overall, very fun day in Ross aid. Uh, it was just fun to watch the offense be creative, put up 49 points. It uh, felt like funner times. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it kind of flips the season. I mean, honestly, like you said, it has been a while since Purdue won, and the offense, what, how many points? Had they scored what was 13 against Michigan? was like the most they scored in a while, it seemed like. Yeah, it was, well, 13 against Michigan, I think 14, I think, against Nebraska, um, 7 against Ohio State, and 14, yeah, 14 against Iowa. 14, 13. It was like, yeah. Which I will say – you look at those four defenses they played before Minnesota. So those are four pretty good defenses. Even Nebraska. Yeah. Nebraska's oh, record's totally. not good, but their defense is pretty darn good. Yeah. But, but so I don't know. Yeah, true. But still, it was well, it was. Uh, but still, North, uh, Minnesota's at least mm-hmm. the rush defense ranked fourth in the Big Ten coming in. So it's not like they're mm-hmm. slouches by any means on no, defense. No. So. So, uh, but no, it was it was fun to watch, and now uh, now Purdue makes the. Trip over to Evanston this weekend for their final visit to Ryan Field, um, in which they haven't played at Ryan Field since 2019 when Aiden O'Connell got the win in his first career start there for a Jeff Brown team that went to be four and eight. So it wasn't the greatest year record wise, but um, it was it was one of their bright spots. Uh, David Braun has the interim tag lifted off of him this week for Northwestern, deservingly so. I mean, no, I don't think anybody would have guessed this team was going to be 5-5 five and five, 10 games into the season. Mm-hmm. I think I had them winning two, if not maybe maybe three games. Um, and they, they started off they started off horrible, didn't they? Didn't they get horrible, yeah. Rutgers, yeah, and then Duke, and then got whooped by Duke. Yeah, yeah. and then they barely beat somebody else at home. Um, it was they beat, uh, they beat Minnesota in overtime. It was Howard, Howard. on October seventh. Yeah. They won thirty-three to yeah. seven. Um, twenty-three to twenty. Twenty-three to twenty. Yeah, thirty-three seven was or twenty was Maryland, but yeah, yeah. Howard twenty-three twenty. That was two weeks after that Minnesota overtime <laughs> win that they came away from behind. Um, that's right. Minnesota was. Uh, that's right. Minnesota was up a bunch at halftime. They were crushing them. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it was twenty-four to seven at halftime. Minnesota or Northwestern scored twenty-one in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I'm like, wow, there's their one Big Ten win. Well, they've proved me wrong. But this is a series that Purdue has dominated uh, historically. Maybe not so recently. Pat Fitzgerald kind of had Jeff Brom's number 
and he had Danny Hope's number. Of course, he had Daryl Hazel's number. Uh, but all time, Purdue leads the series fifty-three to thirty-three and one. Uh, the record at Ross State is twenty-three and fourteen, with a lot of those L's coming recent times. The record at Ryan Field or at Northwestern, I shouldn't say just Ryan Field because they probably played at somewhere else. Wrigley a couple years ago, right? Yes, um, yes, that's right. In twenty twenty-one, I was I was thinking today when I heard they hadn't played at Ryan Field in twenty nineteen, like that doesn't add up. Wrigley, that's why. Um, Purdue is thirty nineteen and one, and they own a two-game win streak in this series. Winning seventeen to nine last year, thirty-two to fourteen in Wrigley, lost at home in the COVID year, twenty-seven to twenty, won in twenty nineteen, like we mentioned earlier, 24-22. and then there was a string of L's, uh, uh, thirty-one twenty-seven defeat at Ross State, twenty-three thirteen in Evanston, forty-five seventeen in Ross State. That was that uh, might have been Gerald Parker. Yeah, that was Parker. Parker by then. 24, 21-14 in Evanston the year before that, 38-14 West Lafayette. So Purdue went from 2014 clear till 2019 without beating Northwestern. So Yeah, and it's not like Northwestern was like winning the Big Ten in those years. No, no. And even they before, 20, before 2014, they didn't play them for four years. That was 2010. Purdue won 20 to 17. But a lot of times you look at these scores over the past decade, the games have been pretty tight. And it looks like that's what Vegas thinks it's going to be uh, this weekend as well. I was surprised uh, when I checked the line yesterday that Purdue's up to a three point favorite on the road when and, Northwestern was a point and a half favorite on Monday. Yeah. And still at three. And I think, and it had gone, I think it flipped to Purdue as a one point favorite. And then I think it went back. The Northwestern favored by one, and yeah, and then you texted that last night that now Purdue. I'm, yeah, I'm a, no idea. Maybe people are just getting they're buying into the the Graham Harrell Hudson card resurgence. Yeah, then that and that's the big question mark. Can that repeat itself this week? Yeah, um, I mean the defense. The defense has been solid. Yeah, yeah, I think the defense has improved. Yeah, yeah, this year. I mean, which... they're still they're still the bust in the secondary. I mean, as that was clear, there were injuries there too, but then also with. Walters going out and getting anyone he could. It seemed like a corner that he right. really wanted to upgrade that position. And uh, mm-hmm. but I mean, the defensive line has been solid and good. And if, well, if the offense can score twenty, then they should be pretty decent. What was um, encouraging to me on Saturday was how hard everybody was playing. Because that was my concern going on Saturday. I'm like, okay. Purdue can't make a bowl now. What do they have to play for? Where is the team's mindset going to be? You can tell they're still bought into what staff's preaching and teaching because because they it was not lack of effort Saturday by any means. It was it was reverse if anything. What um, maybe I I didn't maybe I missed it. What's the deal with the Chucky doll? Well, I asked. Well, I I posted on Head Central this week. I asked anybody what is Derek Rogers doing with this Chucky doll because he ran out against Ohio State with it and then okay. ran out the other day. And nobody really – everybody was kind of jokingly giving me responses. But then I think it was Tom Diener, if not him, somebody else asked Ryan Walters about yeah. the Chucky doll on Monday. And Walters said Chucky has been put the rest. He yeah. said he didn't even notice it until we were about ready to run out of the tunnel. He said if he did to the doll what he wanted to do, it would have caused a distraction. So that was all that was said. It was even brought up I, again today on, on Golden Black. So I, I saw that Walters quote this week, and I was like – I. 
didn't even know. I'm like, what? Like, what is this? I didn't know if it was I, just a Minnesota game or what. It was Minnesota and Ohio State, but yeah, Derek Rogers is one of the first two guys out of the out of out of the tunnel, the front true freshman, right. yeah. and he's holding Chucky. I have, I, I still have no idea why. Okay, I didn't know if there was a, something I missed. I don't know. So I, was, nope. I saw that. Nope. I saw that Walters quote, and there was, and yep. I think on Golden Black had a picture of him holding yep. it, and I was like, all right. Whatever. Yep. So it might be one of those Purdue football mysteries we ne- we never figure out. I don't know. So, but looking at Northwestern, Ben Bryant is their uh, quarterback. I mean, they've played two quarterbacks, but he's their main guy. 113 completions on 187 yard attempts for 1,121 yards, eight touchdowns, three interceptions. He has been sacked 16 times. Their backup, Brendan Sullivan's 63 completions, 99 attempts for 714 yards. Six touchdowns, only two picks, but he's been sacked 24 times. Um, it looks like he is the rusher of the two, though. He has 75 rushes for 160 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, their leading rusher is Cam Porter, running back 123 carries, 454 yards, two touchdowns. Northwestern's only ran for six, for nine touchdowns as a team. Um, Receiving-wise, um, doesn't look like they use their tight ends too much. Uh, Bryce Kurtz is their leading guy in yardage with 526 yards on 36 receptions, four touchdowns. Cam Johnson leads their team team in receptions with 40 for 472 yards and three touchdowns. Um, On defense, it looks like uh, they have 20 sacks on the year. And interceptions, they have seven interceptions on the year. Um. No defensive touchdowns. They have forced um, eight fumbles and recovered four of them. So not the highest turnover-prone defense we've seen. But, yeah, reading reading the Golden Blacks like preview of it, and just I honestly have not watched a second of North. Of North I haven't watched much. Um, so I'm not sure how they're five and five. I doesn't sound, doesn't sound like they're really like 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 we talked about the last four or five games before this were like yeah Iowa's offense garbage but their defense is great uh-huh. um, special teams like they're they're fun all that and like same thing like Nebraska even yeah it didn't sound like like either either quarterback is all that well they're not running the ball that well neither quarterback I think you said one of them is a little bit more of a rusher but it's, yeah they're back of like, Sullivan. It didn't seem like either of them are like really a running quarterback, doesn't which Purdue, which hurt Purdue earlier on in the season. They really haven't had that much recently, fortunately. But true, also, that's one thing also, that Purdue has got better at. It's also, but it's also the Big Ten West, which that's you know, true. Any, like super mobile quarterbacks are really aren't any super good offenses in the West either. No, but, no. Um, Northwestern made me raise my eyebrows last week going up to Camp Randall and beating Wisconsin like they did. And I know it's kind of a depleted Wisconsin team right now, but still, I thought Wisconsin I mean, would come out angry after losing that Indiana and, and maybe, Northwestern punch them in the face. Maybe Wisconsin's bad. It's, it's one of those things that makes me mad. I wish we could play Wisconsin now or a few weeks ago yeah. instead of in September. It's kind of one of those things where Gene Cady used to preach, sometimes it's not who you play, but when you play them. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, because that's what's frustrating to me. I, I got in an argument with a Purdue friend the other day, and this was before the Minnesota game. But you know, I look at Purdue's team, and I think they're better than the record. I think they're better than three and seven. 
but yeah, I would, just aren't there. I don't know. I mean, I, I would agree, but I mean, how much of that is because of all the hype before Hudson Card before the season? Because that was True. honestly, I think, where like the optimism was. Like, we knew that there were tons of transfers and new, and obviously, super young coaching staff coming in, and Brom's offensive line was new, like a weakness as it always is. But you, it seemed like there was talent just because of like Devin Mockaby had a great kind of freshman year out of nowhere. Hudson Carr was getting all these rave reviews, and then you have all these wide receivers that really hadn't done much, but were highly regarded and talented, clearly, and it was just maybe they need an opportunity, and then Graham Harrell, yeah. and the, I don't know. Um, yeah. I think yeah. some of that, I think there was a little bit too much optimism coming Probably. over here. Probably. Yeah, I think a lot of it, even though, you like you, you said, you hit the nail on the head, a lot of it, new, 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 but a lot of people just see Big Ten West champs and think yeah. as a reigning Big Ten West champs, you need to you need also do better. Have Aiden O'Connell is starting NFL quarterback right now. Yeah, and they, Charlie Jones was an NFL wide receiver, and yeah. Payne Durham, who's an NFL tight end, and even Jalen Graham and Corey Trice were NFL yeah. defensive mm-hmm. backs. So yeah, you lose five guys out of your twenty-two to the NFL for Purdue. That's that's uh, mm-hmm. kind of unheard of the last decade or so. So yeah, uh, but uh, do you have a spicy bull prediction for? Saturday's game at Northwestern. Um, I don't know. My Nick Scorton defensive touchdown last week didn't work out. <laughs> I like it. Though. He didn't even sack though. Yeah, I don't know. I, I um, Purdue's gonna have. Have they had multiple interceptions in the game? I don't know. We're just say Dylan Thieneman's gonna have a pick. He hasn't had a pick in a while. He hasn't had a pick in a while. He had. Maybe he has so a many at the start of the year. We're gonna call defensive touchdown again. I like yeah. that. I like that. I like that. Do you think offense. Do you think Purdue play. plays another clean game of turnover free ball, or do you think there's one or two thrown in there? Uh, I I don't I I hope they do, but I I don't know. I would say they won't. I would say I would chances say, are yeah, they at least fumble or, or throw a pick somewhere. Which I did I guess TJ Sheffield apparently I think he did fumble one out of bounds. I just was looking and it said fumble but not lost. They must have fumbled one out of bounds. All I know is uh, Maccabee was holding on to the ball with two arms yeah. all day long, really tight. I, I don't know. What game was that? I think we were – I was traveling. I remember looking at the box score. I was like, Maccabee's fumbled five Syracuse. Times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the team – we t- we fumbled six times as a team. Yeah. yeah. He and Hudson had trouble that night. Yeah. Which that one is one of the frustrating ones looking back on like, Syracuse since that game has not played well. And yeah. that was more of Purdue beating Purdue than Syracuse beating Purdue. But- but even still, Purdue hasn't played a team that's below 500 yet. No, they haven't. They haven't. And, until and IU they, next week. Until IU, right. Or who, is, who is playing better? Who is playing better? So um, when, when Purdue wins Saturday, Northwestern's 5-6, and six, does that mean now they have played a team that's under 500? They weren't I, when they played I, them? I don't know I, that, that's, that that's how I take it. They weren't when, when they played them, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But um, none of the, I think it was looking at their schedule, nobody is under 500 on their schedule. No, no. Right. No, yeah, because even Virginia Tech's 500 now. Yeah, even yeah. Virginia Tech. Um, uh, my spicy bull prediction for Saturday. I think Hudson throws another hat trick of touchdowns, three touchdowns Saturday. So That'd be nice to finish yeah. strong and then go into the bucket game with another. I mean, if Purdue can score seven touchdowns again, that'd be feeling pretty good end of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. North in Northwestern, like I said, they don't cause a ton of turnovers, but they don't give up a ton of points either on defense. So 
they're they're pretty fundamental on defense. So that's what you would have thought with Fitzgerald, and that's why it's right. Right. Oh man, he he got hired like in oh seven after Randy Walker passed away, I believe oh six or oh seven. Yeah, I knew he'd been there forever. I mean, I figured honestly, I figured he would be a guy that when it's all said and done, they'd build a statue for because he did great things for that program. Obviously, they're not going to now, but yeah, I mean, because he's. He's young. Like he, I, I don't know. Maybe he's not as young as he is as I thought, as I think of him because he was he's still pretty, pretty young, young, though. Yeah, I mean, he could have been there another like. I mean, heck, in the nineties, he got them. He helped get them to two Rose Bowls back to back, which is crazy to think of. But he is he is forty eight years old. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he is younger than I thought. I thought he was in his fifties. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think he'll probably ever get another head coaching gig, but I guess crazier yeah. things happened. So. Um. All right. He's fine. I wouldn't worry too much about him. You want to predict some games real quick in the Big Ten, real fast? Yeah. All right. Uh, we got Michigan State at Indiana. Both teams cannot make a bowl. Both teams three and seven. Indiana is a three and a half point favorite. Has you been a favorite at all this year? I feel like this is the first time. I yeah. this is first time in the Big Ten. I think. I'm not picking IU. Even though Michigan State's bad, I can't pick I. What do you think? Do you want IU to win so that they come in? And it's not that the game means anything because neither team is bowl eligible, but still. Oh, I'd rather them just lose. Um, I yeah, do I think agree. they will win, though. I think, I think they will beat Michigan State. Um, they have been playing better the last few weeks. They've been slinging the rock around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, number three, Michigan at Maryland, who is bowl eligible at six and four. Michigan is a nineteen point favorite. Jim Harbaugh has accepted his suspension. Oh my gosh! Will there, will there be more tears on the Michigan sideline? It's just a joke. Um, I think Michigan. Uh, I think Michigan covers that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I do too. Uh, Rutgers, who is also bowl eligible, six and four at eight and two. Penn State to his 20 and a half point favorites. I think Penn State rolls, but it's not a big game, so that's why I oh. think they'll roll. Yeah. Do you think they cover that? I think Rutgers can cover yeah. that though. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I think I don't think Michigan, I don't think Penn State wins by three touchdowns. Maybe seventeen. That's still yeah. rolling. I, think, yeah. I agree. I don't feel, I just don't think it's uh, Illinois five and five, looking to become bowl eligible. They travel up to Iowa City to take on the eight and two Iowa Hawkeyes, who are three point favorites. If Iowa wins, they win the West outright. I think Iowa, but I think it's how is this game thirty one and a half over under? They did score twenty two <laughs> last week. Ooh. I, yeah, I think Iowa wins. I mean, it's it's just frustrating, but yeah, I give credit where credit's due. All they do is win. Yeah. Had an incredibly boring style, and yeah, I think they went like twelve to nine. <laughs> oh yeah, it's got to be low scoring. Five and five, Minnesota at ten and zero, number two, Ohio State, who is a twenty-seven and a half point favorite. I think Ohio State wins and covers. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they want to make a statement. I mean, with, how, with with how easily Purdue moved the ball against Minnesota, I mean, you throw Marvin Harrison Jr. in there. And, yeah. yeah. In the night game, a big one on NBC because both teams are five and five fighting for their bowl lives. Nebraska at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a five and a half point favorite. 
I think Nebraska wins. I'd take Nebraska money line there, I think. I'll take Wisconsin, but nothing would shock me in this one. They're they're yeah. pretty Nebraska got better defense. I just keep waiting for I Wisconsin think, to wake up, but I don't know I what's think, gonna happen. I know Wisconsin, I don't know. I think they're not very good. They're like the Packers. They're just boring. They're not good. <laughs> yeah, Tanner Mordecai's back too. And and Allen was in their in their backfield, yeah. but they only got three cal- carries, Braylon Allen, so yeah. Something, something's going on there. Um, top twenty-five matchups. We'll only do a couple of these because the slate is so weak. Because SEC plays cupcakes this week. Uh, number ten, Louisville, nine and one at six and four. Miami. Miami is a one-point favorite. I hope Miami wins by two touchdowns. I hope they win too, but I think Louisville beat them. Nine and one, Louisville. Huh? Oh, and their one loss to an awful Pittsburgh team. They had some bad games early, yeah. What was the Jordan oh, they should have lost to Virginia. They should have lost Virginia, Virginia two weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number 22, Utah at number 17, Arizona. Arizona, one of the pleasant surprises in college football. Arizona is a one-point favorite. I don't think I don't think you've ever picked against the huge Tanner. I'm not sure if you have. And I'm not I'm not picking against them this week. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> I don't know why I like them, but every time I watch them, I'm like, I like this team. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Any other good games? Here's a go. Oh, Georgia, man. Tennessee. Georgia, Tennessee. And how about the – where? oh, yeah, Georgia, Tennessee. There it is. Number one, Georgia at number 18, Tennessee. Georgia's a 10-point favorite on the road in Knoxville. I think Georgia rolls. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Uh, number 20, North Carolina at eight at six and four, Clemson. But Clemson's a touchdown and a half favorite. Wow. Yeah, kind of surprising there. At home. At home. I mean, are they just inflating that Notre Dame win from a couple weeks ago? For I guess so. I guess so. I'll take Clemson, but UNC covers. Sure. And we'll do uh, we'll do three more here. Kansas State number twenty one at twenty five ranked Kansas. Both teams seven and three. Kansas State's a nine and a half point favorite on the road. Seems kind of high. Uh, I just look. Did Kansas quarterback get hurt? He might have. I don't know. I just clicking on Kansas and it said that their quarterback to return in twenty four. Like, oh, there we go. So I think he. Well, I, I will take Kansas State. Yeah. <laughs> um. Here's the game of the week, in my opinion. Number five, Washington, ten and zero at eight and two. Number eleven, Oregon State. Reminder to Boilermaker fans: we do play at Oregon State next year, and and I think we play Washington as well, if not next year, the year after that. Two, yeah, I don't think is Washington. Are they coming to ten next year too? Yeah, oh yeah, Oregon's coming to Ross State next year. Yep. I was thinking that was next the year after. Yep, Washington, yeah. Oregon, USC, USC and I'm UCLA bad. all. All next year. USC and UCLA first. And then, but yeah, okay. Should have been, um, but no. Nope, nope. yeah. uh, I'm taking Washington. I'm going to take Oregon State. All right. And last, 5-5 five and five Florida, which I got to think. I got to think. Um, what's his name down there? Why am I blanking on his name? Yep. Oh, Napier. I think Napier might be on the hot seat already in year two down there in Gainesville. At number nine, eight and two, Missouri, who's the real surprise in college football. I don't think anybody had Missouri winning eight games this year, let alone eight games already through ten games. And they, um, 
Missouri's 11-point favorite. They whooped Tennessee last week. Oh, I think they're the third-best team. And, and I think they're third-best in the SEC behind Georgia and, and Alabama. Yeah. And I'll, I'll take the Tigers. I'll take the Tigers. Yeah. And then uh, back to Purdue-Northwestern score prediction. Um, I think uh, maybe I'm back to being overconfident or optimistic <laughs> about the offense for how good Hudson Card and they look. So I think we'll say Purdue 27 to 17. That's that was the long. exact prediction I had in my head. <laughs> I think this is two of the last three weeks this has happened to me. So, all right. Uh, well, why, why not shoot for the stars? Purdue 30. Yeah. Uh, uh, Northwestern 20. I'll add three points in each team. So I'd feel pretty good about 10.1. So, yeah. But before yeah. we uh, get into some basketball talk, uh, we want to let everybody know that the Boiler Breakdown is brought to you by Mad Mushroom. Mad Mushroom has been serving Boilermakers since 1993. They're located in the heart of West Lafayette and they're known as the home of the original cheese sticks. Whenever Andrew, myself, or Evan go, we like to sit down, have an ice cold beer while trying out their latest pizza of the month, which this month for November, that is Tristan's Thanksgiving feast. It's turkey gravy topped with corn, savory stuffing, hickory smoked turkey, and mozzarella and cheddar cheeses finished with parsley starting at just $14. So uh, next time you're in town, stop in and tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. And any Boiler Breakdown listener or viewer can also use the coupon code BREAK5, that's an all caps, B-R-E-A-K-5, for $5 off any order over $20 online at madmushroom.com. That's Mad Mushroom, feed your head. And nobody likes to likes to cook on a Saturday. So if you need lunch during the game, get some wings, get some grinders, get some pizza, of course, get some cheese sticks, and use that discount code BREAK5. All right, let's talk some basketball. Uh, college basketball is back. Purdue's out to a 3-0 start. And, uh, and they uh, beat one of your least favorite teams, Andrew, Xavier. Yep. Unfortunately, I didn't beat him by more. <laughs> well, still a 12-point win. We'll, we'll take oh, that. Oh, It was comfortable, and it was – never really felt threatened. It was just Purdue couldn't pull away. Like, it looked like they wanted to or like they could have. It was – every time Purdue would hit a three to push it to 14, Xavier would hit a couple jumpers and get it back to eight. Like. Yeah, they hit some tough contested jumpers and some three pointers. And Matt Painter was asked about that after the game. He said that's what they wanted. They wanted to cool. give them those tough jumpers or even floaters. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes good players make good plays. Um, Xavier shot 30 for 67 for the field for 44.8%. Purdue was 29 for 57 for 50.9%. So once again, Purdue shot the ball pretty well. Purdue was 7 for 15 from behind the arc for 46.7%. Xavier was only 7 for 25 for 28%. Xavier only shot six free throws, made four of them. Purdue shot 21 and made 18 of them. That was a very nice sight to see. Uh, Purdue out-rebounds Xavier 38 to 32 um, Purdue had 19 assists to Xavier's 15, six blocks to Xavier's two. Xavier did have more steals than Purdue did, eight to four. Purdue had one more turnover than Xavier did, 11 to 10, but still 11 is not too bad. And then fouls, Xavier had 17, Purdue had 11. As far as individuals go, Zach Eady, if if you can call this quiet, he had a quiet uh, night of 28 points and 11 rebounds. Yep. 
I know. I thought the same thing, but quiet. Yeah. And I think we think it's quiet because he missed some bunnies too that he normally makes. So he could have yeah. 35, 36 yeah. points. Can't remember if I'm thinking of the Xavier game or the Morehead State game. Probably was Xavier. But uh, we're early on. Purdue struggled, it seemed like, with some of the short ones. And Edie, Edie missed some they normally make were good looks that were in and out. And was a little slower start. Of, uh, and when I say slow start, it probably was the first like two and a half minutes. Uh, Lance Jones, eight points, five assists. Um, I, I I can't believe how quick he is. He's a lot faster than I thought he was going to be. For how he's built? Big, yeah. Yeah, he's a big guy. Big. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fletcher Lawyer, eleven points, three assists, four rebounds. Trey Kaufman ran only one point, three rebounds. He he kind of struggled at times. Braden Smith, another great game. He's off to a great start. Twelve is, points, uh, yeah. seven assists, five rebounds. Is he going to have a triple double this year? I think he's going to sometime. I mean, he this, that's the second game where he's gotten, I don't know, like 10, 7, and 6 is like close, but it's closer than anybody else will get. Yeah. And he, he had one earlier that was, didn't he have like 12, 8, 8 against like Moorhead? He, he was Stanford the first, I think he had double-digit assists against Sanford and Moorhead because I think he was the first Purdue point guard to have back-to-back double-doubles with assists since Lewis Jackson. Mm-hmm. So, um Caleb first five points, two assists, four rebounds. Nice to see him knock down a three. Camden Heidi, yeah. four points, one rebound, but he finished off a nice alley-oop from Miles Colvin. Speaking of Miles Colvin, nine points, three for three for three-point range. That was pleasant to see off the bench. And his three before halftime was probably about like, probably like, the, like the biggest point in the game, I think, because that pushed it from five to eight or four to seven or something at halftime after mm-hmm. Xavier had – kind of gone on a little bit of a run to cut it and get some momentum. And then that three was kind of a dagger. Oh, and I don't know, a dagger, but just kind of definitely flipped it back to Purdue a little bit to where he didn't feel terrible about being, yeah, eight, up eight and a half times. Yeah, he uh, he brings the juice off the bench. He's looking to score, looking to shoot, looking to score, and I, I like that. Purdue hasn't had that off the bench in a while. Um, also, Mason Gillis, two points, two rebounds. Ethan Morton, three points, one assist, one rebound. But his three was a big one. Mm-hmm. Ray Smith did a good job driving, kicking it out to him, and and he uh, that's, uh, that plays okay. out loud. That's a early positive, I'd say, because that's the second. He missed so many open threes. It seems like last year, like wide open threes, especially toward the end of the season, that people weren't even guarding him, and he's hit a couple now. It's absolutely wide open, and he's hit that are for three games. Like that's a big, that's a good sign, I think. Absolutely. I, I mean, like the, two years ago, I mean, he was like a mid to high 30% three-point shooter. I think I'm like pretty low mm-hmm. volume, but mm-hmm. still. And we did see Purdue cut the rotation down. Will, Will Berg didn't play, which I think was expected, but also Matt Waddell did not play. Brian Waddell. Brian, Matt's his dad. I knew that will not be the last time I do that this year. Brian Waddell did not play. Yes. I. What do you think? So I'm just looking at Ethan Morton only played 10 minutes compared to Heidi playing 10 minutes and Colvin playing 11. Is that, Athleticism. Morton was sick too. I think. Right. Throughout the week, because yeah, so he missed the Morehead State minute. game. Yeah. yeah. If, so he's sick. Maybe that. But also, you're you're right. That's what I mean. Like Colvin and Heidi, they're so much more athletic than anybody else on the team. Basically. Yeah. It's a totally different dynamic. I was kind of surprised that both were out at the same time. But. Yeah. Yep, yeah. uh, it's going to be interesting to see. 
kind of who how how these momentums get dispersed as as the year what, goes on. What do you think of uh, Trey Kaufman, Ryan, and Edie? They're playing together. Yeah, I, I think it's. I mean, I think there will be moments it's going to be good, but I don't think it's going to be fantastic like all these high expectations everybody had for it. Um, I mean, honestly, we're so deep at the four. I could see Trey getting back on the bench and coming off the bench at some point this season with either Gillis or first slide yeah. in there at four. Um, yeah, but, it's so hard. It's hard to judge. I mean, I feel like he's done well. I think it's been He just shows flashes. He shows flashes. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, I think um, it's been fine. I don't think it's like, like you said, it's not like, oh, my gosh, this is unstoppable with these two in there at the same time. More unstoppable with Edie and Braden Smith, but... Right. Uh, well, Purdue might need him going out to Maui. Uh, Purdue is in the Maui Invitational. It starts on Monday as a gauntlet this year. The field consists of Chaminade, Gonzaga, number one, Kansas, number four, Marquette, Purdue, Syracuse, Tennessee is in the top ten, and also UCLA. So Syracuse and UCLA aren't ranked, but they're no no slouches by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, and Purdue plays Gonzaga game one at 5 p.m. on Monday. That's on ESPN2. If they win, they will then play the winner, win or lose. They'll play the winner or loser of Tennessee Syracuse. If they win, they'll play Tuesday night at 8 p.m. on ESPN. If they lose, they play at 3 p.m. I or they play at uh, let's see, no, they will play at 2:30 p.m. Um, Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday. I've got, um, I've got I've got some work I need to get done. So they should win. They yes, two thirty because it has the Hawaiian time and the Eastern time. So they would play two thirty mm-hmm. if they lose. They'll play at eight p.m. if they win. Um, two thirty Eastern. Yes. So is that like? That's if they if like, that's like, if they lose. If they lose, what, it's two thirty. It'll be nine thirty. Nine thirty. A.M. Yeah. Yeah, that's the earliest game that day. Yeah. Um, and if Purdue makes the championship, that'll be on Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern time is the championship game. So uh, that'd be a big that'd be a big statement to go out there. Oh, and oh, I think, I think if you're Purdue, I mean, of course you want to win, but your goal is to come home with no less than two wins. You, you got to be. You got to win on. You got to win on Monday. Yeah, that guarantees you another really good opponent. Yep, yep. Because you don't want you don't want to play Charlotte. Yeah, and Syracuse. Who's it? Syracuse or Tennessee's second game? Yeah. So either way, they're going to play a good opponent, even if they win. Yeah. So my my goal, my hope is Purdue wins. Of course, beats Gonzaga, and I hope Syracuse beats Tennessee. Not because I mean I know Tennessee would be better for the numbers, but I'm so sick of playing them in things that I've never seen us play Syracuse in basketball. I don't know if we have since the 1980 Final Four. So I just like I like seeing Purdue play different programs. Yeah. Um, of course, the dream scenario would be number two Purdue against number one Kansas in the in the championship game with all college basketball eyes on that game. That'd be pretty cool. But like I said, go two and one, get two good wins, or at least go two and one, get two good wins. Ideally, three and zero. Oh. Uh, but it's it's a gauntlet. I mean, three three yeah. days, three straight games. This is when Purdue turned it on last year. I mean, so I'd say like so far, like for the three games, I guess outside of Sanford, which is kind of expected. Even against Morehead State, I don't think they looked 
They were pretty sloppy like, at times and more. Yeah, it's not even like it's not like they've. It was just fine. They don't need to peak on October fifteenth, right? October, November fifteenth, but um, right. I don't know. It's gonna seem like that they haven't hit. Not they're not firing all cylinders yet, or haven't had those moments very, very often. And this would be a good time, I guess, on Gonzaga. But sure, I guess I'd rather raise your know, level. Yeah. Raise your level against against top competition. So, which is what they did last year. They came out of nowhere and yep, blew blew Gonzaga out and blew Duke out. And was, yeah, well, and beat a good West Virginia or not a good West Virginia. They ended up being good, but at the time they were supposed to be yeah. good West Virginia team. So Marquette, yeah, Purdue. They beat Marquette before that too. Yes, uh, they came back in the Gava games. They were down yeah. and then made a run with ten minutes left in the second half. So yeah, yeah, Purdue has not lost not on wood. Oh, a non conference game. Mm-hmm. Since 2021, yeah. oh, got to go back 2021. That when they lost one, or the 20, yeah. no, the uh, let's see here, 21, 20, no, it would have been the 2020 2021 season, right? Mm-hmm. The COVID season. I think I heard two years. I think they had they were undefeated last last year. year. Yeah, so that would have been yeah. Okay. Two years. Yeah. Yep. Yep, I'm right. okay. I got it. Yep. So that would have been the COVID season, and that they lost some non-conference games. So, yeah. So since uh, fans were allowed to be back to games, they haven't lost non-conference games. So that's uh, pretty impressive. So, but uh, feeling good about it. I, I always like I like these non non-conference tournaments. They're always a good test. And uh, Maui's always the one of the big one, biggest, if not the biggest one out there. So we'll uh, yeah. we'll see what the Boilers can do. Be fun. Yes, it will. Um, and as we wrap things up, I want to let everybody know our other sponsor who makes this podcast possible, and that is The Shop. Uh, the Shop has been making shirts since 2011. They've been bringing you vintage-inspired sports, collegiate, and pop culture apparel made from high-quality materials based in Indianapolis, Indiana. Their dedicated team is here to serve you at the retail locations and their headquarters. The retail locations are in Carmel and Broad Ripple. And if you uh, use the uh, discount code BREAKDOWN, you get 25% off your order. Andrew's used it. He's got some clothes from some apparel from The Shop. I do as well i got the hat on i got from the shop so uh, even if you're not a purdue fan even if you're a fan of a different college say butler uh, like andrew and his wife are butler grads ball state indiana DePaul, paul uh, the indy 500 uh, stuff is really cool the colt stuff is really cool yep. the pacer stuff is really cool yep yep, yep. so uh they got a lot, like they said, a lot of cool pop culture stuff around Indiana too. Deer Creek shirts, things like that. So if you haven't, check them out. It makes the perfect Christmas gift for the sports fan or the sports friend uh, in your family. Anything else, Andrew, as we uh, we wrap up tonight's podcast? Nope. I think we're covered. Hopefully a good weekend for Purdue. Yeah, let's uh, boiler up, hammer down. Let's see if I can do this. Beat the Wildcats, beat the Bulldogs, beat the Orange or Volunteers, and then beat either the Golden Eagles, Bruins, Jayhawks, or whatever Chaminade is if they somehow make the most miraculous run in college basketball history and make the championship. Has Chaminade won a game? How many games have they won? No, in the the Maui because they they host. One year they beat number one Virginia back in the 80s. Okay. In the Maui Invitational, but it didn't count against Virginia 
Cause I don't know if it still does it, but back AI, then, right? back then, yeah, it, it, it was pretty much like a scrimmage. It didn't go against your yeah. record. So, but yes, they did beat Virginia and Ralph Sampson one year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. so but let's, let's not uh, fall victim to that and let's take yeah. care of business and <laughs> come back with the championship. <laughs>